he just threw me in the car and said we're going to do something crazy and we went to a dealership and saw this plum crazy purple it's amazing the it almost changes color in the sun and we had to have it so did you have to like argue over who got what like who got the hellcat and who got the demon because after all the demon technically has more horsepower than the hellcat but i drive better she looks real good in my rear view mirror driving that hellcat <laughs> Everybody and welcome to a new edition of the award-winning Talking About Cars, where it's all about everybody has a car story, from celebrities to car personalities and others in the car industry. I'm Randy Cardoon. Today we visit with a pair of Playboy Playmates. One is 1979 Playmate of the Year, Monique St. Pierre, where we find out how she came home one day to find her Playmate of the Year car was gone, missing, sold without her okay. And the 2003 Playmate of the Month for October, Audra Lynn, and how she and her boyfriend have a Dodge Challenger Hellcat and a Dodge Challenger Demon, who drives which, and what they do with them, as you could probably guess. Then, a Thousand Oaks man who discovered London taxi cabs while visiting the United Kingdom as a child, and now... He makes money using those taxis here in Southern California. But first, it's all about talking about cars news. Police in Ellenville, New York, say a fire at a used car dealership that was part of the set of the HBO show I Know This Much Is True with Mark Ruffalo, Juliet Lewis, and Katherine Hahn was accidental. The set was filled with 1990s-era Chevy vehicles at the time with Camaros and Corvettes that had been obtained through the use of a car vendor, you know, the kind of guy that rents out other people's cars, and they get to use them in movie and TV shows. Total loss, 70 cars. Half of them were from the 1990s-era vehicles that were rented out to the production. The other half, cars that were originally on the lot because it normally is a used car lot, but they moved those vehicles to the back because of the production company taking over the lot. And those cars also burned. The investigation is continuing. Now, Audra Lynn was Playboy Magazine's Playmate of the Month for October 2013. Well, now she's living in Florida and Iowa promoting a line of skin care for dogs and feeding her Dodge Challenger addiction. In fact, I caught up with her and boyfriend Nick Fasano at a recent picnic in the Holmby Hills. I'm addicted to cars. <laughs> I'm a huge Mopar fan, so love the shirt. And... Um, we have a Hellcat and a Demon, and we like to take them out and race around town, chase each other a little bit. Wait a minute, you have a Hellcat and a Demon? Yeah, we do. Now, you're not talking about, like, the one that looks like a duster. You're talking about, from the 70s, you're talking about the new ones. Yes, sir. Okay, so which came first, the Hellcat or the Demon? Hellcat. And who had that? Well, we both did, but... And then who came up with the idea to get the Demon? How'd that all work out? He just threw me in the car and said, we're going to do something crazy. And we went to a dealership and saw this plum crazy purple. It's amazing. The, it almost changes color in the sun. And we had to have it. So did you have to, like, argue over who got what? Like, who got the Hellcat and who got the Demon? Because after all, the Demon technically has more horsepower than the Hellcat. But I drive better. Oh, so you have the Demon. No, 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 I have the Hellcat, but I can still outdo the Demon because I know how to drive it. 
<laughs> she looks real good in my rear view mirror driving that Hellcat. What do you guys drive usually? Where? Yeah. Do you take it up to a track or something like that? Or do you just basically uh, treat the L.A. freeway system as your Pac-Man? Well, we don't live in L.A. anymore, but oh. Iowa and uh, Florida, beware. Yeah. You don't have like one there and one somewhere else, or do they both in the same place? They're both in the same place right now. Right. Iowa? Florida. Southwest Florida and Florida, word. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, it, it records the zero Gs that they pull, and she pulled a higher front G in the Hellcat than I did by, like, you know, two basis points. So I still have a faster zero to 60 time in the car than she does, though. You guys, like, you can get closer a little bit like you know each other. What was your first car? A Nissan Maxima. It had a little bit of pickup, get up and go. It had the, uh, where I could change it to sport mode, and it kind of just stayed there. Yeah. And where did you get that from? Was that your choice or giving it to someone gave it to you? My my dad was, spoiled me, so it was good. Now, and then you, it was a '68 Corvette that I got to tool around in and have fun. So. Your dad give you that? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Well, I mean, he still has it, but I got to drive it all the time when I was in high school. And then eventually, I had a Ferrari and Mercedes SUV, and now. All the Mopar stuff. We've got three different challengers. So we've got an all-wheel drive for Iowa because of the winter. That's the winter vehicle. Now we've got three challengers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We also have a 2015 Jeep Wrangler Rubicon lifted on 40-inch tires. So that tool around that in Iowa in the summer at the top down. That stays in Iowa. So how much did this whole love of cars thing play in you two getting together? You know, I, I don't know. We had so many other facets that happened to like fit together with each other with skating and I don't know riding horses and our love for dogs and then I think inherently just through talking then we began to realize that we both loved fast cars. His parents introduced us. I showed dogs and I have a dog skincare line, famous skincare for dogs and so they introduced us and I had al already loved his parents so it's perfect. Was that here in California, Florida, or Iowa? Iowa. But she went to a lot of car shows with her parents as a kid. My grandparents took me almost every weekend to car shows back in Des Moines. Mm -hmm. And they'll love the old muscle cars, Corvettes, uh, old Cadillacs they had at a place back in Des Moines called Porky's. Uh, I don't think it's around anymore, but every weekend, Saturday and Sunday, they have car shows up there. And so we, we'd go religious with my grandparents. It was always look, but don't touch. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's, I think, inherently. We went to a couple car shows when we were down in Florida and taking both of them. And... So it's fun. It's fun. It's fun having those kind of cars, and it's a lot of responsibility with that much horsepower. Um, you can't just, we don't drive them like we're kids, you know, we're not. So that's the other side of it. No, we, we really, it's, it's such a thrill to drive around southern Florida with her following me or whatever. So it's just kind of fun. So you guys basically play Pursuit or something like that? Is that what it is? <laughs> Pretty yes. much, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. All you need now is the police lights on top, like Starsky and Hutch or something. Right. If you had a chance to get a car back that you used to have, what car would that be? I'm obsessed with the Demon. That's my favorite car, so I guess I wouldn't turn back time. Maybe my 71, my dad's 71 Cuda is like one of my dream cars. Now tell me about that car. Uh, my dad had it when it was his first car, and he used to race everybody. He was undefeated. And he ended up selling it when they had me, but that's always been my dream car. So the blue four-wheel drive car 
or for all-wheel drive car has the CUDA stickers on it in memory of the CUDA. So. What about what was your first car? Uh, a 1987 GNC Jimmy that I had for one day after I got my license and I rolled it. Nice. Uh, and I got a Ford Taurus. Uh, it was probably even an 85 or something. It was even older. And uh, I had that for a year before I got my first Jeep. So I've been a Jeep guy. And uh, yeah, I've, the only other sports car I owned had a Honda S2000 Club Racer. Had that for a few years. Only put a couple thousand miles on it and sold it. But I had a Miata that my dad let me drive in high school a lot. It's at a 95. And uh, between that and that S2000, I had those things sideways all the time. But I haven't tried to do that with either one of these challengers, so not not a drift car. Top three cars on your I really want to get that car list someday. What's that? Gani and uh, a Ferrari probably again. And what would be my other one? Lamborghini, I suppose. It's the triple play of uh, really hot cars. I like the one that I, the purple car that I have. <laughs> I'll keep it on that list. I've always wanted a yellow Lambo uh, with green accents to match my John Deere tractor that I have back on my farm. And uh, but uh, I'd probably have to sell the tractor before I could do that. Um, and that Pagani was pretty hot. It was baby blue. Probably those three. I don't know. I've seen a, a Ferrari. Was that F50 that we saw? So yeah, there's a lot of more interesting, neat cars down here. California and you just can't have a Lambo you have to have the Lambo that's now custom wrapped so that you stick out so yeah there's a lot of that down here it's if you had become playmate of the year what car would you have asked for from playboy to get back then I wanted the and I don't now because we rented it I wanted the little Mercedes compressor and we rented it down here the convertible and I hate it it's horrible it, it rides rough it has a delay like, I just, no, not my thing. So that's what I would have asked for, though. Well, it's probably good you didn't become Playmate of the Year, then. Otherwise, you would have been stuck with that thing for God knows how long. <laughs> I know that makes you feel much better about the whole thing, doesn't it? Yes, totally. October 2003, Playmate of the Month, Audra Lynn and her boyfriend and fellow challengerite, Nick Fasano. So far on Talking About Cars, you may have followed us, and I've had a chance to find out more about what Playboy used to do with those cars that they would give the Playmates of the Year every year. In fact, I think every every Playmate since 1964 has either been given one or leased a car since then. I've had a chance to talk with 1968 Playmate of the Year, Victoria Vetri, on the car that Playboy gave to her, a 1968 American Motors AMX, which she kept until just about a few years ago, until it was recently restored to a pink paint job similar to what Playboy gave to their Playmate of the Years from 1964 to 1975 by Mark Melvin. Now, Mark's interview and Victoria's interview is also here on Radio.com and wherever you're listening to this on our Talking About Cars podcast. I interviewed them some time ago. And 2013 Playmate of the Year, Rachel Pomplin, who drove her Playmate car, a 2013 Jaguar, for a year on a lease. Of course, Rachel talked about that also here on Talking About Cars. Well, by 1979, Playboy had stopped painting all their cars pink. And by the time one Playmate of the Year got her car, well, she told me it was just a normal, regular color. I'm Monique St. Pierre. I was Playmate of the Year in 1979. And I had no idea what car I was getting. So they never asked you? No. We don't get that decision. You know, it's it's the advertisers. Who's advertising in Playboy? 
So did you ever have a chance to look at the advertisements and guess what you might get at the time? <laughs> no, honestly. It was, you know, in 79, Playboy was at its peak. So I had no clue. I would have just been, well, I wouldn't have been as happy with some of the other cars that some of the girls got, which I won't mention. But I got blessed with a, it was a 928, I think it was a 79, it might have even been an 80, I'm not sure, because I don't know if it's true, but they told me I had the very first 928 off the assembly line. So that's what I was told. So I drove it around Beverly Hills and people were like, what is that? Because that car looked like, especially on the inside, like you were on the inside of a plane. You know, it was... It was That's right, it was a new body design, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, you didn't see anything like it and people would pull over and go, what is that car? About two or three years before you got your car, they quit doing the pink cars. Do you have any insight into why they quit doing the pink cars and would you have wanted a pink car? No, I was very happy with my silver. No, I, that would have been a tragedy to do that car in pink. <laughs> that would have really been a tragedy. Are you familiar at all with why they decided to give up the pink? Because a lot, I know, I've heard from some who say they just were like were driving around with a bullseye on them. I mean, that would be my theory, but I can't, it's not like half told me that, but that's my theory. It, it just didn't make sense. It, no matter where you, you're just so, it's putting you in a vulnerable situation, I think. You had it for how long and then what happened to the car? Oh, it's a very sad story. <laughs> I don't want to tell. Oh, please, please, share. No, I was, my husband sold it when I was out of town. So I well, was, that doesn't sound very nice. No, it was not a good situation. How long did you have it before it got sold? Um, just a few years, because he was very famous and everything, when we got married, everything was in both of our names. And so my car was also in his name. Oh, yeah, he sold it. I don't know how you could do that, especially if it's in both your names. Wouldn't you have to sign for it? Well, he had already like so, sold it, got me another car that was in the driveway when I arrived, and then I had to sign off on it. And thought that you'd be so happy, and when it showed up, you kind of went... He bought me a, a Beamer, a small Beamer. Isn't the said, same. I can't, I don't want to be, I'm not like that. Oh, okay. he, he was famous, I don't, I, I'm not like that. That's but that was a bad move. What was your first car? My first car was this horrible green Datsun. I think they're called Datsun, right? Yeah, used to, now Nissans used to be called Datsuns. Yeah, Datsun. This, I don't know why I picked out the color and I was 17 years old. I was so proud of that car. <laughs> that car was everything but you brought up an interesting point because some of the cars like you you got a Porsche other people got Jaguars other people got Mercedes yet there were some other playmates of the year that got cars like a Mercury Capri 
or something not as high up there. What was some of the reaction of the women who didn't know what they were getting and maybe didn't get the car they thought they were getting? Well, what do you think? How would you feel? You answer that question. I don't think I need to answer that question. So, in other words, it's pretty obvious that... Uh, well, it's just if you see certain types of cars given away, do I need to say more? Yeah. <laughs> I understand why. I understand that. Yeah, I, I, it's the advertisers. What do you drive now? I drive a BMW, a 320i. If there's any car that you'd like to get back that you don't have anymore, that you've gotten rid of, what car would it be? I had another Porsche after that. I made him buy me a Porsche again. <laughs> you know what? I, I really like the big luxurious Lexus. Because they handle on a dime and they're just smooth. That's a car you would like to have someday that's on your list? I've already had that car and it was one of my favorite cars. Top two cars. I like the, the quickness of the Porsche is a Porsche. You know, that handles, it's a different kind of car. Two Top two cars Monique St. Pierre would love to have on her I want to get that car someday list. Are there any advertisers listening? <laughs> maybe, maybe not. <laughs> Does anyone have a, a big, what are they, what are those big Lexus? What, what model is that? The Lexus? The big one. You want a big Lexus. You're listening. <laughs> He can track me down. <laughs> Interesting to note, the first Lexus to be given to a Playmate was 1992 when Playmate of the Year Karina Harney received a 1993 Lexus SC300. Now, John DeRoy, he's found a way to make money using London taxi cabs right here in Los Angeles, and now he's part of the wedding industry. I caught up with him at a recent Wheels and Waves car show in Malibu. This is a childhood fantasy that became an adult hobby um, turned business. Um, in a nutshell, when I was in high school, did a family trip, fell in love with the cars, fast forward a few decades, um, looked in the bank account, thought, oh, I can do this. Did it. Uh, started a whole series of collection here and um, now using a couple of the cars for niche wedding and special event uh, transportation. You went to England? Yes, went to England. Okay, and where did you spot these cars? Uh, all over uh, London in particular, um, but really all over the country. They've changed over the years, but um, as I say, I'm, this is the model that I fell in love with 30 plus years ago. Describe the car. Um, to me, it looks like a more vintage, oversized uh, PT Cruiser on steroids. <laughs> Okay, and I would swear that if you parked them next to each other, you would see how the, how the cruiser was inspired by this, but I have nothing to prove that with. Anyway, um, it's What is it exactly, though? What is it for those who can't see it? Uh, it is a built-for-purpose London taxi, um, which means that it's kind of boxy, um, got a little snout uh, to it as well. Uh, it was built, I mean, it, it's tall. For, its, for what it is, and that was built because uh, the specifications were, way back when, that it needs to be high enough inside so the gentleman did not have to remove his top hat when he got in. It also has an amazingly tight 25-foot turning radius, and so I can, you know, right here in the parking lot, I can do donuts. You know. A turning radius you will not believe. Right. Okay. Uh, and actually, if you were to see the front wheels, when, you, when it's turned all the way, they're almost 90 degrees 
you know, with the with the side of the car. Uh, just a fun little thing, and um, as I say, you know, shape-wise, how would I describe it? I mean, it, it's a sedan. It's it's kind of a cross between a sedan and an SUV, but with a vintage look to it. So I get the idea that you saw it in use in the wedding industry, or or where did you see it, and how old were you at the time? I rode around in this as you know as a taxi in London uh, a long time ago, and then a few years ago started looking at it and thought hey maybe there's a small business in this and started talking to some friends of mine in the wedding industry showed them some showed them the one car that I had as well as photos of another one I was thinking about getting and they said oh yeah totally this is a great wedding car um, super especially good for brides because they've got the big dresses and this has the suicide doors and it opens really wide so they can get in with their you know with their groom and there's just plenty of room for bride, groom, dress, and then some. Um, it's got a couple rear-facing flip-down seats as well, so you can actually fit a total of four comfortably, maybe five back there. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it's just been a fun uh, new new chapter here. What was your career before this? Uh, well, still is. Uh, it depends on the uh, time of day. So I, I have I have a corporate job, you know, during normal work hours. Uh, I'm also a marriage and family therapist and um, work with couples and families on parenting issues. That's in the evenings and weekends. And then I do this. And so far, there hasn't been a conflict between seeing clients and working weddings. <laughs> I, good point. You could, you could actually do both, I guess, on your way to the, on the way to the altar. Exactly. And uh, I can do wedding counseling, you know, pre-marriage pre counseling in here. In fact, dare I go another step? Uh -oh. Could you actually take this and become a mobile therapist, or is this uh, too is this too far? Well, it's funny you're saying that because we, uh, when I first started getting into this, some a friend of mine joked and said, "Group therapy, right there, you know, it'll it'll hold five. <laughs> I think you run into confidentiality issues because you gotta like you know cover the windows so you know people don't see what's going anyway. But curtains, curtains, you can put curtains in there. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Might actually be curtains for that career, but you know. <laughs> Hello, but um, yeah. be he'll be here all afternoon, exactly. ladies and gentlemen. Now, your first one was what? What year was your first one? First one was a 1967 uh, right-hand drive, as is this one that we're looking at. Um, and that one was somebody else had imported. I got it from a guy who had already who had um, rotted it up and basically removed the horribly old and inefficient and uh, really useless Austin diesel engine, put in a Chevy um, Blazer engine, V8, so it had some power. He apparently did not follow the rule of um, measure twice, cut once, and uh, when he went to put the engine in, ended up having to move the firewall back. Of course, simple solution <laughs> Absolutely. for that. Absolutely. Don't get a smaller engine, just, just cut the firewall. Exactly. Um, <laughs> But had that, that was just a total blast. And uh, but it did not, did not have power steering. And these are heavy cars. These are about 4,000 pounds. Really? It doesn't yeah. look that heavy. It, no, it's, I mean, it's all metal. Um, you know, certainly probably not as uh, crash safe as today's, you know, technology. On the other hand, it's all steel. So um, the car will survive and, you know, you inside will survive. But um, anyway, so... Well, we were talking about earlier before we started the show, or the interview, uh, these cars 
relatively body-wise haven't changed in, in what, 30 years? Yeah, even more than that. This body style started, I believe, in 59, stayed the same through 97. Um, so what is that? Uh, well, it's 40 years. You're talking 38, maybe? Yeah, right. And truly, the body style didn't change. Little tiny things uh, on the body, uh, the drivetrain changed you know, much over the years. This actually, starting in 89, which is what this is, uh, they put in a European Nissan diesel engine. Without, uh, it's actually a, supposed to be a turbo diesel, but they left the turbo off. And these things go for a billion miles or more. Um, it's not uncommon to find a lot of, I mean, you don't see these much anymore in England because um, of smog rules that the mayor of London in, uh, instituted. But what you do see, most of them have been over, done over a million miles. How many, how much, now you have a vehicle here, what is this? Uh, this is an 89 right-hand drive. Um, started out black, I mean, from the factory, 95% of these come in black. There's a few red, a few green, a few blue. Um, I had to completely strip this down and have a bunch of uh, rust removed. And when that was done, had it painted a midnight blue, which in the right light looks black, so it kind of stays true to the... Um, so so when you go ahead and, and put this together, it's interesting. It is The body, as you said, it's basically the same body, but it's funny because they'll put like the newer bumpers on it and that kind of stuff, and you could tell that they really didn't modify it much. It's almost like sticking a 90-some-odd you know, 1992 bumper on a 1962 vehicle. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's not just the bumper. I mean, it's many different parts are, are hodgepodge from other, from other cars. Um, and you're going to ask me which ones, and all of a sudden I'm drawing a blank. But it's okay. I can edit it out. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm good at that. Oh, excellent. I'm Thank you. <laughs> While you're editing, can you make me look taller as well? Well, this is audio only, so don't Doesn't worry. Doesn't matter. Can you make me sound taller? Sure. Okay. Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll do my best. Please do. I can perform magic. Okay. <laughs> you and Mark Eaton hang out a lot. He's 7'1 okay. or 7'4, I believe, so don't worry We're about twins. It. What are you talking about? Hmm? We're twins. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to get into that too much. So, so talk talk a little bit about um, vehicles now. It's almost like well, let's talk about how much of a how let's talk about how difficult or not difficult it is to import these things from England here. How how does that work? So uh, this is no different than importing any other car from abroad where basically if you wait until it's 25 years old or more, then piece of cake, you bring it over, you pay your shipping and your customs fees and you're done. If you want to bring over something younger, it becomes prohibitively expensive because it then needs to be um, retrofitted to meet um, department transportation standards for safety and you know, smog emissions and all that stuff and it's just not worth it. So I was fortunate to find this one and buy it from somebody outside of Chicago I did import another one uh, October of 2017, and um, it had it, it was 25 years in a month by the time it got here, and um, yeah, that one was uh, as I say shipping and customs, and that was it. Quick funny story on that one: uh, I picked it up from the port uh, over in Port Wainimi, drove it away, had arranged because of the Nissan engine. I had arranged to take it to a Nissan dealer there, have them just do a quick tune-up and stuff so I could drive it away. 
They did that, but then they said, you're not driving this thing because that, that year has front disc brakes. This is drum, okay? But uh, yeah, 89th and 91 had drum brakes, 92 forward had disc in front. Anyway, when they tied it down in the uh, boat coming over here, apparently they tied it on one side to the brake lines. And so there was brake fluid dripping out all over, and they said they were amazed that I could even get it from the port to them without being in an accident. I hate it when that happens. Yeah, same here. Well, you got it to from point A to point B. I, I'm fascinated, though, you were talking about uh, you were thinking of getting maybe some other vehicles like it or, or to add to your fleet or whatever. And you had to go to the wedding industry friends that you have to see if that's a good idea. Exactly. So um, once I decided that this is an interesting hobby and I should try to actually see if I could make a little money off of it, um, I went to my friends in the wedding industry and... Um, showed them this car, showed them pictures of the one that I imported, that I was thinking of importing. They said, go for it. Um, and that one is white, so it's perfect for weddings, and it's also convertible, so there's some really neat you know, photo opportunities with that. And then I found another one, which is up in the Bay Area, by a competitive company, um, a company called Beardmore. And that one, similar basic shape but as you were saying I mean kind of almost has a bit of a truck like uh, front to front look to it anyway uh, showed that those pictures to wedding people as well and they said totally great because um, that one is sort of a silver gray and the current owner had done some really cool stuff to that and so between the silver gray one which I've got my eye on right now um, and the white one I, I should have the wedding market all locked up if somebody was interested in doing this, how does your pricing compare with, let's say, renting a limo or a Hummer extended uh, thing with a pool in the back? So price-wise, um, this is actually cheaper, and uh, I mean, I've had a couple people say this is a much better value because I've had so one. I'm doing a wedding uh, in the end of next month, and the woman there was saying that she was looking at standard you know limos and stuff like that and companies that offer those were saying minimum four hours and it was going to be a thousand bucks you know or more i've got a different uh, price structure so basically you can rent mine you know for an hour two hours three hours whatever and uh it's just it's a package price because i'm based out of thousand oaks um my deal is anywhere in ventura county for an hour 375 every hour on top of that adds a, about a hundred bucks and even if it's not in Ventura County but it's still a reasonable distance to drive happy to do it and people seem to really like the fact that there's no minimum hours and that it really is affordable and the fact that it's different. Let's talk about if money was no issue what would be the top three cars on your I want to get that car one day list? For the business or for, for my... For sure, my e either one. Do you have a list for the business? No. <laughs> okay, then this will be a very short conversation. Uh, what about personally? So, definitely uh, like the McLarens. Those are pretty pretty good looking. Uh, and What's I, in your garage now, by the way? Well, <laughs> Besides these two. I was going to say a lot of junk and these two, and that's it. And the, You don't have like a regular driver. You're looking at it. Oh, oh sorry. 
<laughs> regular driver for the yeah. Uh, yes, I, my regular car is a uh, 2007 Nissan Altima Hybrid. Um, my wife drives a Highlander, and kids have a um, Corolla. And when the fires broke out and we were evacuated in, back in November, I had a choice of whether I'm driving my Altima away or I'm driving a taxi away. So the fires broke out uh, the same day as the borderline shooting, and that was on a Thursday. Right. Uh, Sunday, three, four days later, uh, I did a wedding that was down by LA County Museum of Art uh, in the white one, actually. And very fun, um, neat couple, neat, neat event. And did photos in the late afternoon, went back, picked them up at the end of the evening, 11 o'clock, and they were basically going from the venue back home. But they were still dressed up. Bride was in her wedding dress. He was, the groom was still in his black suit. They wanted to stop at In-N-Out. And so we went and we stopped at In-N-Out on Sunset, which on a Sunday evening at midnight was packed. I mean, we were lucky to find a place to park. Um, went in with them. You know, there's 30 people in line to you know, get a burger. And this couple, and she's in her dress and he's in his suit. And a whole bunch of people, I mean, most people aren't even paying any attention. There's a couple. Just a typical couple on a typical Sunday. Absolutely. A couple behind, you know, are going, wait, did you, like, really just get married? And they got their phones out and they're taking pictures and everything. Anyway, so I think that's probably right up there with the goofiest story. That is pretty funny. Yeah. What did they order? Do you remember? Uh, why, why, why are they just that much of a devotee of In-N-Out? They didn't have enough good food at their own reception? Uh, apparently, her, on her bucket list was uh, eating a burger in her dreading, wedding dress, you know, at, at wherever the burger place was, and In-N-Out happened to be it. That's John DeRoy. You can reach his business, Distinctive Carriage, in Thousand Oaks, California. Thanks for listening, and please share our show on social media. Subscribe. It's absolutely free. That way you'll find out when the next podcast is coming out. Leave a comment, and if you're on iTunes, please rate us. One to five. I'd prefer the five, but you get where I'm coming from. And also leave a review. Thanks in advance for helping our podcast grow. Now, don't forget our website is talkingaboutcars.net. Follow us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all talking about cars, except for on Twitter, we're talk N, the letter N, about cars. Remember to subscribe, share, retweet, or both. Until next time, I'm Randy Cardoon. Join me as we have some fun talking about cars.